Hello, I'm Russell Howard, and this is Wonderbox. A Wonderbox is a place where you keep the things that remind you of the stuff you adore. So I thought it would be cool to do a podcast where I ask some people what they put in their Wonderbox and have a chat about the most amazing moments of their lives. My guest today is one of the funniest men in the country. He's currently on a tour of the UK with his live show, but um, you probably know him best from the fantastic man like Mobeen. This is Gaz Khan's Wonderbox. So I'm here. Uh, my name is Russell Howard. This is Gaz Khan. Oh, hello, brother. And this is producer Dan. Hello. Uh, Gus, you just asked me one of the greatest... I've been asked many questions down the years. You just said to me, do I like talking? Yeah, Dan, I need to know. I love talking. I'm you a, just love it. I'm a stand-up comedian. I love, I love chatting. I love nattering. It's my favourite thing in the world, just talking shit and letting things spin until they become things. And I, I imagine you're the same. I'm exactly the same. Yeah. But the thing is, not everybody's the same. Mm. So, you know, sometimes you say you're a stand-up comedian, mm. so you love talking shit. Mm. But then what I didn't realise before I became a stand-up comedian is there's a lot of stand-up comedians. They don't like talking too much. No. Do you get what I mean? I do. It's very serious. You go in there, you're like, mm, and they're like, shh. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? And they're kind of like completely different to how they are on stage. I've always found that very odd, how somebody is utterly silent and then wild and then back to silence. Whereas the best gigs are always, for me, the best gigs is when you've got, if my brother comes backstage, yes. then you know it's kind of kicking off because he'll be talking absolute shit. Yes. And then uh, I'll be there, you know, hopefully other friends. And then you've got, the, do you know the best gigs? When you're doing a big gig and you've got a mate in and you're throwing in in-jokes that only they will laugh at. And the gigs are going well on top of that and you're making reference to Postman that only my friend Sam will get. <laughs> a Postman called Benji. <laughs> Big old Benji. You know the thing is, when I've seen you do your stuff and, and you speak so like beautifully and lovingly about your family, I think that's what really caught my eye with you at first. I was like, oh, look how you talk about your, your brother there. Look at the stories you're telling. Because yeah. I think like for me... I didn't really know too much about stand-up. I used to watch people do it and think, yeah, that's funny, or watch it and think, oh, that's not my thing, really. Yeah. But when when people make references to real life, I warm to them. Yeah. So that's sick that you say, you know, when, when you're on stage and making these jokes, we, we do it as well. Like, backstage isn't crazy. I've been to some places, and backstage is a bit like, whoa, which is a bit mad, mate. Do you even know who she is or he is? <laughs> with us, if we're there with 20 pieces of chicken and there's five of us just chopping it up, like, that's my... I enjoy that more than the gigs. Yeah. Let's... Um, so I'm super excited about doing this with you. Thank because you, Because the point of this show is basically to talk about things that make you tick. Things that you adore. Okay. I have no idea what you're going to put into the box, but I'm very, very excited. So what is the first thing? So the first thing I would like to bring to your attention is something that I'm reminded about often at family parties by my mum at least every three months, sometimes by my sisters, nieces and nephews who I'm very close to. They're like in their early 20s now mm -hmm. who are like, yeah, you're that weird guy. And the reason why they say I'm that weird guy is that at a very early age, a lot of people in the streets where we lived and the ends where we lived, they was like, yeah, remember remember your mum told us about that time you uh, pissed in the VCR? Wow. So I pissed in the VCR. Okay. I don't feel very comfortable talking about it, but I thought you're my guy, so I'd talk about it. Absolutely. So are you, you're putting it in the box to get rid of it? You wanna, yeah. You want to get rid of the memory? Maybe get rid of Maybe you helped me process what was going on. How? So you're eight? I was around six to eight years old. Okay, fine. 
Now, I'm trying to put myself in the mindset. I remember when I was six, I watched Planet of the Apes and it really scared me. And, sure. and I found it just randomly in the VCR. And I was very scared. Well, because you thought there was real monkeys out there. like I monkeys. just suddenly just seeing like a gorilla on a horse <laughs> chasing men. Like when I was six, I was Change like... Change the world, doesn't it? Oh, what is going on here? And what I'm trying to figure out is maybe you'd see something that freaked you out and you had to destroy the VCR. And this is the days of tracking. Remember when you used to get your fingers out to try and get the, the crackles on the top of the screen to try and get rid of those? There was a lot going on. I remember people were very angry when there wasn't sellotape and you didn't stick a piece of paper in the front of the VHS because then you couldn't record on it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Do you remember them days? I do, I do. So yeah. maybe there was some associated stress with maybe I'd got rid of all the sellotape because I was obsessed with sellotape when I was a kid. Right, okay. <laughs> I used to wrap it around trees, bruv. Whoa, okay. And my mum used to be angry with me because it's like, why are you doing this, kid? This is... <laughs> is that how your mum said it? Yeah, like, <laughs> why are you doing this, kid? There's a lot going on. So I would just be running around... <laughs> Rapping things, and I encourage everybody else, all the other kids, my mates and stuff, yeah, yeah. to do the same thing. So basically, on our street, there's a lot of things wrapped. Yeah. <laughs> gates and that. Yeah. You know, like, the <laughs> gates. Yeah, some poor kid. Is he a mummy? No, nah, he just hung out near girls. <laughs> so, so when did you first realise, and we'll get back to the pissing in the VCR, but when did you first look at a tree and think, I'm wrapping that? <laughs> like, Nah, you know what? I always thought trees were aggressive. You okay. know, people say, like, oh, trees are nice. Yeah. Sit under a tree, sustenance, yeah. shade, yes. maybe apples. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is looking like a prick. Like the tree was, it's big, yeah. it's taking up space. Yeah. We had one in our garden that somebody had planted, no one wanted it. So maybe that's what it is. Early family memories where no one really liked trees. Wow. So you, but I love that because I went for a stage when I was a kid and I can't quite explain it, but I used to get up at like three in the morning and I put like toilet paper into the toaster to see, you know, just how much I could burn. And my dad came down like one day, three in the morning, and I had like, I had a fucking roll of the stuff in there just burning away. I didn't even have an alarm clock, but I would like will myself awake and then creep downstairs and just think, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like that. Thank God I got caught, otherwise I'd have moved on to sofas. But, and you could sort of, you could analyze it a thousand ways, but let's not muck around. We're both weird kids. Yeah, well, it was weird. You sell a tape in a tree. Your poor mum must have been looking at you going, What am I, I going to do with this kid? No, very much so. And after, the other boys are reading. They're reading. Well, maybe they're, I don't know. If, maybe they're not even reading. But you know, 40 and that, which you, we used to get involved in that stuff, but then someone would get obsessed with someone. I was like, I'm going to fuck that tree. <laughs> On the way to school, I'm like, I'm going to fuck that tree. And then sometimes I used to steal sell tape from school. Just to steal that. Yeah. Two print sticks on the sellotape and on the way back home I'll be like, lads, I'm gonna fucking wrap that tree. <laughs> and did you did any of your mates ever go, oh, I I don't know, mate, I'm not should we just not talk to girls? <laughs> okay, so there's another thing now you have me and Packy. I remember at an early age always being known as a bad influence. Okay. But in the context of the things that was going on, I don't think wrapping trees and sellotape is the worst thing oh. that you could be the ringleader of. Mate, that would be a palate cleanser in Top Boy. Like, <laughs> do, like, do you know what I mean? It's like... Can you, the shade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got them peas. <laughs> yeah, but I've got to wrap this tree. <laughs> exactly. Got to trees. Where's Gus? He's down Ryman's. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a load of post-it notes. He's going to fuck up a hedge. <laughs> but it is weird. It's a bad influence because it's so strange. That if, if I was the mum or the dad of a son and you, just little you say, they're going, I quite like sellotaping trees. You'd be like, this is how it begins. <laughs> Genuinely. I, I like, 
he'll throw a goat at Buckingham Palace. <laughs> like, but it's... Do you, know uh, you know what? Okay. If you told someone in Cov, oh yeah, because just last week I saw him in the Buckingham Palace, he dashed a goat <laughs> yeah. at one of the men in the hats. Yes. They'd be like, yeah, he's probably done that. Yeah. <laughs> Is dash, dash means throw? To throw. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, what's the etymology of that? Fuck, could I have sounded any whiter? No. But t- it, tell me, what's it's the It's an incredible word with, with, with a profound answer. Yeah. The first time I ever heard dash was, you know, big, thick, fuck-off stones. Yeah. Smooth one, pebbles. Yeah, yeah. And they were dashing them through someone's window. Oh. Like, top bins with them. Some people... <laughs> no, bro, some people were really good at it. Yeah. So you get that top bin with a foot is like, oh, it's all right. Yeah. Their man could, like, look at that window on the sixth floor. And then, ah, like that, the whole window would shatter. And someone would stick their head out and say, you fucking bastard. So, and they're right. They're right. But, so were you... Were you a tearaway or were you just imaginative and weird? Because you're sort of painting an image where it's sort of... I don't know, I can just imagine... Like, you, you strike me as somebody that was... Uh, there's lots going on. Your brain is working at a million miles an hour. But I'm thinking about your teacher because also you have clear respect for elders. For you're very gentle. And yet, there's this underbelly of fucking weirdness. Weirdness, madness... I tell you what I also used to get in a lot of trouble for. You know, whenever there was a mini revolution in school, there was always mini revolutions. <laughs> right. All the time. Yeah. yeah. It was like an Arab Spring every single week. <laughs> yeah. Like in the canteen. <laughs> like, oh, they used to do this thing called Australian crunchies. Do you ever have them at school, Australian crunchies? No, what's that? It's like a shit dessert that they used to do, yeah? It was right. a food item. And it wasn't even my beef. I didn't even mind the Australian crunchies. But one of my mates was like, I can't take this shit no more. And the dinner lady would be like, you'll have what you're fucking going to have. Yeah. So she very aggressively gave the Australian crunchy to him. He looked at me and I was like, and he meant that to dash it at her. So he dashed the Australian crunchy at her. Someone came in behind him, took the whole tray, dashed it towards the dinner lady and the dinner men. We had bare dinner men in our school, yeah. which everyone used to put pressure on them for. Like, why are you a dinner man for? Leave me alone. I'm just trying to do my job. Yeah, exactly. So that got through. And I was the one who got pulled into the head teacher's office. Oh, you instigated that. That's so interesting. All I did was nod. All you did was the eyes. Yeah. Like, but let's get back to the VCR. You were known to your relatives and your young mates as the little boy that had weed in the VCR. Yeah, my mum... Which sounds like an update of the boy that cried wolf, (laughs) doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Beware the kid that pissed in the VCR. Can you remember what you watched? I can't... You know what? I can't even remember anything being on apart from... Do you remember when you pressed the on button and it would go... And something would settle. Yeah. It was a tape. And I just remember, visually, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I just bashed the flap open. Yeah. And I... You peed in it. And then, if, okay, here's a But well, you must have been terrified. But I didn't. How, I did, how did everyone find out? Why well, it didn't work? Would you, well, you, but, and, and yeah, it was okay. wet. Sure. Okay, sure. So, <laughs> it didn't work, it was wet. Yeah, and yeah. And then someone was like, what the fuck? What was happening here? And I was there, like, fuck it, I'm out of firms it and tell the truth. I was like, Mom, I did a pshab in it. Pshab means. Yeah. I remember looking at me thinking... I'm going to have to get rid of this get one. <laughs> from the world. Mate. Not just from the house, from the world. I'm going to kill this motherfucking bury him. Yeah? Uh, I remember right. thinking that. And I re- I what is went- that moment like when you're eight years old and you say, the reason the VCR isn't working is because I've urinated it, mum. Okay, like- I want to change my mind. I think I was six. I want to say this might be five or six. Okay? So, I mean, that you know that cusp of like... I remember the thing I was most impressed with, like, isn't it? It started smoking. Yeah. Right? And so for, And you thought, I'm a dragon. I 
thought my piss could smoke. Yeah. I had smoking piss. Yeah. And in my head for a minute, I was like, this is magical. I need to... <laughs> it's so... I need to show somebody But it's it. the fact that you told the truth. That's what's mesmerising. So what did your mum do then? What was the repercussions of that? She threw it at me. Yeah, yeah. Which is completely fair. Oh, you can. I mean, that you've done all right. If that's the worst thing that she happens... She threw it. It heavy. Yeah, yeah, sure, but you burnt me the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, that's and fine. Me, but, and and I, I don't say anything negative about this situation because I pissed... She was she a pissed single mom. She pissed in the VCR. And I pissed at VCR and I broke it. Do you know what I mean? I do. And I know, were, I've never been more certain of yes. I know exactly what you mean. So she threw it at me. But I never piss again in one. I tell you something crazy. I tell... I tell you something crazy. Uh, it, it better not involve the DVD player. No, it was it, it was an Xbox. Oh, yeah? f- f- <laughs> not right. me this time. You were pissed in the Xbox. What? My son. Yes. Okay. Swear down. Not in it, on top of it. How old? He was three. Yeah, that's fine. Three it's and different, si- ain't it? Yeah, three and six is. Yeah, there's a world of difference. Why is it? Maybe he'd heard at three. Oh, your dad's the VHS guy. Yeah. And then he's like, fuck it, I'll be the Xbox guy. But what, was there part of you when your son peed on the Xbox that you sort of felt proud. like lifting him up like Simba? I was a bit, <laughs> no, I was a bit proud. I was like, yes, this is in the jeans. Then so, there was some way for me to connect it back to my mum. was like, this is in the blood. Did you tell your mum? Yeah. That's funny. And so presumably, this is the world that grandparents exist in. I bet you she smiled and laughed. Oh, she thought it was lovely. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that she funny? Yeah, she yeah, yeah. Went, Why is this bullshit? Yeah. She did think it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I d- there's no way she's going to throw it. And you know how she said? Don't tell anybody, just keep it between us. Yeah, yeah. Whereas her, she told everyone in CV2, CV3, CV6. Everyone, forget comedy. Everyone, oh, pisses here. So hang on a minute. So when you burst through and you're, you're doing Man Like Mobine, you're doing Live at the Apollo, you're doing gigs... That, that first walk when you walked on stage at Coventry to the homecoming gig, like, you've got to get to the mic quick before pissing! Before, like, do you know what I mean? Suddenly this VCR's landed. It's like fucking radio rental. Like that. <laughs> it's true. Bro, the thing is, I, there was so there was so many, in Coff specifically, so, that wasn't even a gig. That yeah. was just a chat to yeah. like, bare people that were in the audience. So you're right. In terms of, like, the things that I was worried about when I first walked out there, any number of stories but this is why I still love Cov this is why I don't flip and leave because yeah. it feels like no one's worried about what's your next project yeah yeah everyone's just like fucking sellotape trees here yeah 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 do you get what I mean but, no absolutely but I think that's what's so funny about you that it's sort of that thing of you're nostalgic and current all at the same time yeah and it's it's all about this sort of scrapes that everyone has it feels like a streets album do you know what I mean? It's kind yeah. of like, oh, gee, what happened at the chippy? It's those mad stories from the areas that we all kind of hung out as kids. And <laughs> it feels like you've still got those. Do you talk about sort of politics on stage or anything like that? Or is it still sort of like you're specifically stay within that world? Or do you feel like, oh, I fancy chatting about Rishi Sunak or I fancy chatting about Boris Johnson or whatever? This is really good. It depends. Like, I still don't really know how to craft like a set right so sometimes i'll go out there and there's this stuff that i'm like oh yeah politically i want to say this but yeah. i think there's responsibility and it's really weird because i've been doing this like i, I want to say about seven eight years where it was like okay this this might be something right and i always felt like just like i speak authored from cov yeah yeah and what my life is like, like oh, yeah, this is how we also feel amongst our friendship circle and our mates about things yeah. geopolitically or politically yeah so i do try to but sometimes like 
that's the plan when I go out on stage and I'll do it. And then sometimes it just melts into like chaos. Where yeah. I'm just with the audience. And so like, it depends. There's stuff I, there's stuff I do want to say. And then, but also I'm like, which is a shame because like, I always feel like we're sitting here now. Someone might watch this podcast and they'll be like, oh yeah, I bet Gus thinks this about this thing. Right? Just right. because people draw like these assumptions about who you are the way you look, where you're from. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm like, yeah, but in my friendship circle, bro, they're so varied. Like when I talk about someone using a racial word that they shouldn't be using, I'll have friends who are white, black and Asian being like, what are you being a fanny for, man? <laughs> just, yeah. just leave them alone. Where we come to work and we're like, yeah, we have to take certain stances against yeah, yeah, certain yeah. things. That been, but for them lot, they're in cov right now. They couldn't give a shit. They're calling each other all kinds of crazy stuff every day of the week. I'm stood there right in the middle of it. And like in and amongst that moment, I'm like, why oh, don't I even tell offended? It's yeah. love and it's affection. Whereas when we're at work, when you go out on stage, I feel a little bit obliged to be like, no, hold on a minute. That's not right. It's better to do that. So I, that's the two worlds that I'm stuck in, really. Yeah. But I think that's what makes you so fascinating. I often think whenever I do like gigs in foreign countries, you get that street level knowledge Yeah. where like you, if you're doing a gig in Portugal, you kind of, if you were to look at Portugal from afar, you'd say Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, you might say those custard tarts, those pastas donatas. But then when you kind of actually spend time with with the locals, then you find out the way that they, they've got a thing called Fado, which is kind of like soulful, sad music about the sea and it's, you know, you sort of look at the Portuguese and your brain feels like it should be like... But the music is... And yet the food's beautiful, the weather's incredible, like everyone's attractive, it's lovely. And then... And you're like, how the fuck are you mopey? Like, yes. The, the, but it comes from that walking about and then having a chat rather than textbook comedy where you go, well, the population of... Portugal is this and da da da. You know. Anyways, we're drifting. What's the next thing you want to put in the box? Bro, you're saying some stuff. Did you think about what you're saying? This is deep. You're a deep guy. Well, you know, I'm deep and shallow all at the same time. And I'm going to charge that electric car for an hour and a half, which I hate. And I'll be thinking about the things that you say. You're going to charge an electric car for an hour and a half? Yeah, because this is a lie as well. It's a fallacy, brother. They said that, that England is ready for electric cars <laughs> yeah. in 2030. Yeah, yeah. Fucking one. Charge is working in the whole of London today, which is over-exaggeration, but it feels like that. But if you're coming down, you come down the M40? I came down the M40. Yeah, there's um, Beaconsfield Services. Now, you know what you're... Listen, you know what you're saying, because that's a bad boy at services as well. It's frightening, isn't it? There's a pub there. Isn't that mad? Like, do you know what I mean? A service station, there's a pub. Who's stopping off for a pint? You know the maddest thing I saw there? I was charging the car there. In the far corner, I've seen like like I've seen people rushing about and funny noise. Someone was buying little monkeys. What in the Beaconsfield services? Because I went over, I was like, "What's going on?" Here? And I'm so impulsive, I was like, "I'm gonna have one of these motherfuckers." Yeah, I'm gonna take a monkey home. Yeah, yeah, because that's fun. When I got home, just some people want to take Kinder Surprise home. My kids are dead, used to too much stupid shit. I'm like, if I go, <laughs> if I go home with a monkey from the service station. Best dad ever. Oh, this is incredible. I'll wake them all up. It was 3 a.m. I'll wake them all Fr up. Yeah. So was, well, you won't just be you. The, it, the monkey will wake them up too. <laughs> this is true. Six little ones with the furry ears. Yeah. And did you buy one? No, nah, because I was like, this is a step too far. Because you know, I was worried. Because <laughs> you know, sometimes you, because I saw how fast it was. They were stressed because one had got away. 
Right. So now it's fucking about. It's on the. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking about. Monkey's fucking about. Right. I was thinking like, oh, that's too quick for three a.m. Yeah. You know, if you breathe something that's objectively much slower. Yeah. Or is a dog. Yeah. Like, it's a bit easy to be like, oh, get come here, dog. That was that. What if it just burst in the room and shagged my wife? Like it's mad. <laughs> Did you know like not her body but her ear because they're little. <laughs> yeah. If it's just, she'll never forgive me. No, 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 no. I mean, it'd be a fucking great episode of Police Camera Action. <laughs> <laughs> Just when I think that service station can't offer any more, it turns out you go there at the right time, people are selling apes. Imagine what a six-year-old you would have thought. Mate, a six-year-old, a 30-year-old, a 43-year-old. I see a guy selling monkeys at a service station. I don't know if I've got your decorum to pull out of that deal. You would have took it. Mate, I'd have got five of them and out of five... <laughs> <laughs> I'd have had a five aside team. Can you imagine that? Five monkeys to defend your lair. They'd have been riding my dog. Plenty of the hips all over again. Absolutely. Beckinsville Services is upmarket. You you wouldn't so the chances are it's not gonna be sort of a, a scrawny monkey. That's gonna be top shelf. I like the idea that that, that they're bartering. And then there's people quite well to do on their way to Oxford going, well, can it roller skate or? <laughs> I'm not going to buy a two a penny monkey. I, can this monkey in the monkey's juggling trying to win a home? Fuck it up. But imagine that and somebody just kind of going, no, just turning it down. Fuck it up. So what was, I can't remember what we were talking about. It was about. That it was the second thing you wanted to put in the box. Oh yes. What was it? It was. I used to also have a thing where I would. So you can call it break into the neighbor's house, but it's not really breaking because they like me. Right. So is that really breaking in? Well, it's a good point actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like that. You can't really break in, can you? I would enter the my neighbor's house, yeah, and they had the they had a stick of butter. I don't know why we never had stick of butter in our house. You know, the, with the foil. Yes. So you pee. So yes. uh, we had just the... So grand, granddad butter, your granddad would normally have like old fashioned proper... Yeah. Yeah. Something like this and it was very creamy. We only had the, the tub stuff in our house. But on several occasions... Utterly, butterly stuff. Like this that. kind yeah. of things. Mm. I was caught having bust in a house. I, I can't remember how I used to get in the house, but I used to get in the house. Take that stick of butter and they'd find me behind their sofa. Bruv, just... Fucking smashing it. <laughs> eating what? And by like, smashing down by, to half. By smashing you mean eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, 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 I don't know. I mean I don't know where that's going. But smashing means different things. So you were eating butter. Yeah, for clarity, now you've said that I was not fucking butter in the neighbor's house. <laughs> you I, was just, I was just eating it. I'm not weird. <laughs> I'm not now, you think. I was just so I was too but I could, but I remember getting in so much trouble. My mum was like, you're breaking in the house. I, but I, I was obsessed with this creamy butter stick. So you were just eating, like... Nothing just, with it, bro. Because when my sister came, Big Mills, yeah? AKA Mad Mills. Mad Mills was like, what the fuck are you doing behind this sofa? Sometimes they'd be fluff on the butter and I'd still be smashing it. Because I snuck it behind it. <laughs> Honestly, it's a... It's a miracle that your mum didn't you put me for adoption. It really yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, no, like, it is. When you she's consider, a good woman. She's an incredible she's woman. She's an amazing woman. But I remember as a young kid, I, I would every, every so often I'd look at cat food and sure, there'd be a hankering, but I would never eat it. But I imagined <laughs> eating it because it always looked quite nice. But, but I can't imagine looking at butter 
sort of thinking, I need that and only that. Can I remember a very specific moment? I went out the first time I got caught, yeah, and I yeah. started crying and that. Yeah. Covered in butter, very slippery, so she couldn't even drag me out the house. <laughs> no, she couldn't even drag me. My was trying to drag me, and that kept going out of my hand like it's, it's the perfect crime when you think about it like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but what does she do? I mean, she must have been speechless. She no, she was so. It's so mad. And you know what's crazy as well? For her, bless her. You're talking about her husband's passed away when I was three, so my dad. Passed away when I was three. Right. She's got two older daughters, uh, Mills and Shady, who are 10 and 11 years older than me. So technically, I don't even think I was supposed to be there. She had her plan. She had two very sensible young ladies right. in her life. Yeah. And now, oh, butter shagger is what you've made me sound like. <laughs> no, but, no, 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 no. No, but you know what I'm saying? Butter muncher is, <laughs> is there in a neighbor's house. She couldn't figure it out, man. She couldn't figure it out. And I remember the first thing but I how said. how could you? No, she couldn't, and I remember. What does that possibly mean? Like, you could try and unravel that for years. Because for the first thing, like, she was embarrassed. She was like, we got butter here. And I was like, it's not the right butter. Yeah. She yeah. Got really, in my eyes, like, it's not the right butter. Yeah. And I think in her head, she's like, I'll fucking get that butter. And then if you weird prick, you want to eat it, just eat it. But if she got the butter, she's giving in to the thief. So she never got you the butter? No, no. So do you ever have that butter now? No, I sacked it off. Yeah. I don't fuck with VCRs and I don't fuck with them butt sticks because bad memories. Does it make you laugh or does it make you just go, Gah. presumably there are moments, let's say you're 17, you're walking around Cobb and your brain goes, remember the time you pissed in the VCR, you lunatic? You're like, all right, get out. Not you. Do you want some butter, you mad fuck? No. But that's what I mean. No, a little bit. I'm just, I suppose I'm very confused. Yeah. Because in ways, it's absolutely who I am. But then in other ways, it's the polar opposite. I suppose because when we got to early teens, things started getting really rough. Right. So all the, I suppose, weird innocence of eating butter behind your neighbour's sofa was gone. When you say they got tough, what do you mean? Fights, people getting arrested. It went from stupid shit like, let's put sellotape around the trees, to my mates getting in trouble, really serious trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think in a space of a, like a very short space of time, yeah. it went from like really, really fun, stupid, daft, why is he climbing there? I oh, fell off that thing and broke his leg, ha ha, yeah. to this kind of stuff, I think. And was there like an instant moment when you realised, oh, this is not for me, this is this is just a waste of my life to kind of pursue this? <sighs> I would love to say, yeah, the only thing I felt really tied into, which is from my mum again, because she's such an important person in our, all of our lives, the whole mm. family, like, to be honest with neighbours and stuff like that as well. She was super loyal. She was loyal to the point that it used to get her in trouble sometimes. Right. It'd get her headache. She'd be out there arguing with this person, that person. Oh, fuck, you smash your windows, mate. It's not even her beef. And I, I think that really stuck with me that, oh, if you want to be sick, like my old dear, like, proper top tier, you gotta be loyal. So it probably got me into more trouble. Right. So when is when do you go from being kind of a troubled youth to a major <laughs> comedic voice? Don't say all that! Because if it's the truth, because that's the thing, isn't it? Like, I've got a friend of mine that's involved with a knife crime charity. Yeah. And I've spoke to him quite a lot. <clears throat> and you sort of think this, his charity basically tries to talk to vulnerable kids. Yeah. That because his son was stabbed and killed. So he's trying to talk to those kids. And I've met some of them. 
and they have such they're funny it's because funny, they have right. to be funny yeah. because they are comedy is a currency yeah. that, that that gets you out of fights yeah when you're a kid nothing gets you out of a fight quicker if you're not strong than being funny 100%. and then suddenly you're away and i've sort of often thought there's great stand-up comedians in those worlds but then you kind of watch i sort of see the work that he's doing with the charity and then i think about someone like the you that was clearly in that world or certainly adjacent to that world seeing that world it looks from the outside so difficult to get out of that trap, bubble, whatever you want to call it. Mm. The temerity to say you're a comedian, even from my world, was like, oh, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. What the fuck off? Yeah. It was so ridiculous. So I'm imagining from your world, it must have just been even harder. And that, I guess that's what I'm interested in. How do, you, how do you go from that world to like making online videos? It was so crazy, bro, that I can't really chart it, bro. Right. And that's why I wish I had a better answer for now what's wicked is someone watching a show like my love moving, yeah? yeah? And they're like, bro, I want to do that not now. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, you want to take that energy that yeah. they've got, that I want to make that television show now. Yeah. Get the cameras up, yeah? yeah? 15, 16, 14, 12, however old they are. And then I'm like, yeah, but it takes a little bit longer, bro. If you've got to, someone's got to listen to it and then see it. And where I can help, I'll try. But like... I want to say the, the biggest probably blessing that I've had in my life is really like wicked mum and two sisters. But then my mates. So my two best mates now that I've had for over 20 years, while while it's, it is, are Barry and Lumble. Yeah. Now Barry and Lumble, <laughs> Barry and Lumble, if like someone goes on my social media, they'll see them. If I'm at a gig, they'll see them. People are like, you worked with that. Are you still friends with that person? I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on with them, but I can tell you about Barry and Lumble. Yeah. And I remember them saying, you have always used this comedy from when we were kids. Just like you said, bro, to stop us getting our asses kicked. Something's really pressureful. Someone's getting aggy here. Like, I'll say some stupid shit and then everything's diffused. I remember we got to like 2930, bro, which is when I started this. Oh, was it really? Wow. Yeah, it was that late. And wow. Barry's like, Oh, you're still funny, Annie. Like, like it's a like a tick sheet. You're still, you're still funny. Good. Like, let's just, let's just try something. Let's try stand up. And it was WhatsApp messages that we were sending. We always used to send funny videos, stuff that probably get cancelled now. But like back and forth, just ripping each other in in groups or whatever. And I remember thinking, oh yeah, let's try it. And. It went online, yeah. but I just not Brody Russell. There's nothing like. There was no career plan. There was nothing. The, here's the. This is our time, guys. Yeah, yeah. Seize, yeah. The, <laughs> seize the moment. Yeah. It was all fun. fun. Yeah, bro, and and so like, I remember West. It's a little thing to might, might be a little thing to the rest of the world, but when I knew, I was like, oh shit, this has gone outside of twenty five people seeing yeah. this funny thing. Yeah. West Midlands news. There's a man called, I think his name is Makili Padwana, a bit of a legend, Silver Fox. He was, somehow got my number and was like, I would like to talk to you and I'd like to put you on West Midlands news. And I was like, West Midlands news? I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. And he came to school. I only had 20 minutes. I actually legged it out the last 20 minutes of a lesson where I was teaching to do this thing. But it's been, bro, it's been a bit chaos since I started. It was not a, like you said, it ain't a plan. People no. are like, stand up, what? Comedy, what? Television show, huh? Doesn't make sense. It's still a little bit like that now. Yeah, man. Right, next thing. Okay, next thing. Um, a steering wheel. 
A steering wheel. Okay. I mentioned to you on the way here about electric cars. Yes. And I'd like to think that... What, what are we dealing with? You a Tesla man? Just a little bit of Tesla. It's a little, little bit of a Tesla. Is it a Tesla? <laughs> it is a Tesla. Yeah. That, that's, that's what my missus is driving now, yeah? So she's got the Tesla. I've got the, this thing called a Porsche Taycan. And I say this to say this, I don't like showing off flexing, you know me well enough by now. But with cars, even when we didn't have much, I was always synonymous with cars. So it's the one thing I can get away with. If someone sees me driving a nice car, yeah. they're like, yeah, he's fucking been driving him since he was like right. 17, 18, because that's what we would put our money into. Yeah, right? So yeah, it, would yeah. be, it would be easy. And you could walk into like, <clears throat> not us, but like we'd ask the older guys like, to walk into a showroom with cash and you could just buy the car. Yeah. You get what I mean? You couldn't do it with houses, but you, you do that. So I was always like synonymous with nice cars. So it's kind of the one thing I can, people just be like, good you wanker. But they won't say, oh, this good the wanker in a nice car. But if I started wearing watches or moved to a specific area, they'd be like, oh, you've changed. Really? Yeah. And do you feel, do you feel that sort of responsibility? You, would oh, you ever leave or big, is that you? Big, t bro, I feel it. I feel it big time. I feel, you were asking like earlier on about the childhood stories, you feel embarrassed, like. Yeah, yeah. I've, no, not at all, fuck it. We're weird little bodies, it is what it is. But this stuff I feel really, really weird about. Yeah. Like, even the concept of doing well and, you know, looking at social mobility as a positive thing yeah. still makes me feel like a prick, bro. Yeah. I lived, I lived so long, even when things were going well, next to my mum, in that row of terraced houses with the hole at the top of the stairs, man, we're like, what are you doing here? Yeah. And it's still like... I still feel this urge to go back. Yeah, yeah. Because I want everyone to know we, no, we still everyone's good. Yes. Nothing changes around here. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what that is. And what what's that feeling when you get in a nice car? What does that do? As someone, so, I don't really know. I don't really get cars. Obviously, I can appreciate them. They look nice. I, I think one hundred percent. It's tied into uh, a signposting of someone who's done it. So. Our love of this stuff yeah. came from our uncles and aunties who came here as like first generation immigrants, smashing factories, not like that, smashing that factory, all the hard work, all the really hard graft. And somebody would somehow build themselves a business. Yeah. And then they would drive through the ends in a shiny Mercedes W140 yeah. S500. And you'd be like, and uncle would have seven kids in that car. No one gave a shit at the time, yeah. hanging out the back. And the kid, you know, they, they, they'd be hanging out the back. Like, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. And like, it was so tied in with not even a house because people didn't, even if they did well, they didn't really want to move out the area because you're, you're comfortable. But it's so interesting and so lovely that there's a communal celebration. Like, weirdly, that's what the Americans have, the American dream. Yeah. So you were all watching that car because it was a symbol that any of you could get the car. You you could do it, yeah. right? And it would take hard work. And obviously there was, it started becoming, you got to attain that by any means necessary, which yeah. on reflection, you wish people hadn't have, hadn't have done. But then again, Russ, like, that's another thing. Like I find it so hard. Sometimes people ask you for like, what's right and what's wrong, yeah? And, and I'll see people discussing what's right and what's wrong. And I'll be like, fuck, man. If you just come into one of my WhatsApp groups, you'll see lads who have, fucking up like badly but their sound do you get what I mean yeah you, they would 
make sure your mom is okay. They'd give her a lift on the way back from the shops if she's got shopping. They'll, they're brilliant dads, brilliant partners. I remember being probably about 18, 19. And there was a group of my mates who were, they were just moving, they were selling weed. I don't want that to sound like, but like in our heads for what was going on, I was quite a legitimate like thing that you could do if yeah. you're going to do something within that field, right? Yeah. Class A and things that fucking absolutely decimated families. We never really got on with it. And I remember a mate's dad was, he was swearing. He was using like racial terminology. He was, he was livid that his son was hanging around with like us guys who was not me, but involved in that, right? Yeah. And I remember one of the lads turned around to me and said, yeah, but you smack your missus, don't you? And he was like, but that's nothing. And in our heads, it's like the nuance of like, if he'd have said these lot of drug dealers, everyone would have been like terrible people. Mm -hmm. But also people within your street know that you're a horrible, abusive guy. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Like yeah, when you're talking about When you're talking about this nuance of, yeah, we, we were, that was what was going on. But in our heads, you're 10 times worse, bro. How can you lift your mm -hmm. hand to your wife? Do you get what I mean? So like, Absolutely, yeah. There's no... There's no There was no discussion around that stuff. I don't know. Do you have a like a specific car that you fantasize about? That you think that is there a world in which, when you're in it, it's brand new. You first put your your sort of hands on that steering wheel. Is there one? It's very, it's very sexual questions you're asking. Are you an automatic guy? Or would you like to? I'm just bro. You make me feel sexy. Okay. By, by saying that. you could have said anything about. Do you know what I often think? I often you know when they do those adverts when it and it's always the Swedish voice that goes Volvo that you see at the cinema, right? I was sort of often imagine because we hear Scandinavia and it sort of feels tectonic and. I've just imagined them doing different voices. Valvo, and it's just not working. <laughs> Voo -voo. Like, but we could, um, but for whatever reason, the British accent doesn't make cars sexy. So that's why I'm surprised. No, no, but just you. But do you have one? Like, what I want to know: what is the car for you that you in your in your fantasy you sit in, you start it, and that's that it. If if the BMW, I don't know what the BMW stands for. Whatever it stands for in the German. Yeah. If they said to me, come here, we've got this out of cryo chamber, wherever they keep old cars. Yeah. And this is a zero mile, brand new old car. Yeah. It'd be a BMW E38 Alpina. And I would absolutely blow my wad in my trousers. Yeah. What is it about yeah, that? Oh, my dick would explode. <laughs> That's the advert. <laughs> is. And what is it about that car? Does it just make you. Does it remind you of a time when success seemed unattainable and that's what it meant? A thousand percent that. Yeah. It's a thousand percent that. It's the rarity of it. And I won't say the name, but there is one guy who used to rumble around Kov in that car. He yeah. had two cars. He had one called a Lot it was there was a Lotus Carlton and he had the private number plate beast on it. And we used to be like, Ow! Bro, he used to come back air was ah oh, like just moaning every time he drove down the street, just people hanging their heads out the window. Ah oh, when the beasts would come in the Lotus cart. Yeah. Okay. And I remember seeing him once in that E30. Yeah. Now everyone was gassed about the carbon because he's like, look at that car. Yeah. But that E30, yeah, but he did something to my soul. It was like a techno violet purple. There was it was it's outrageous the car was. Mm -hmm. And even in my head, right, if if I I had the opportunity to buy one, yeah? I should tell you the truth. I said, I don't deserve it. 
Really? I swear to God. Because you didn't feel like you were quite the beast yet? No. I couldn't. First of all, never deserving of the number plate. Never deserving. What a guy that Do you know how much confidence you have to have to drive around in a Lotus Carlton, remove all the cats and just go rah, bah, 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 with the number plate beast one incredible human being. Okay? Yeah. But for me, for me, for me, I, I just I, I don't even if I'll ever be worthy of that car. No, I think you're right. And it's I'm, gotta be a unicorn. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, and it, it has to be unachievable. Yeah. It, it has to exist somewhere out there. Yeah, it's mad. Sophia, my daughter. She we're talking to her, she's looking at her, and somehow a picture of it had come up on some feed. She's like, Oi dad. And she turned it to me. And she's like, you love that car more than you love me. Because my face couldn't hide it. She understood. She's like, that's why you should never have the car, Dad, because you love it too much. And I was like, yeah, you're right. How old is Sophia? Sophia, it's 12. Oh, do you know that Laura Marling song, Sophia? I don't know. Why is it? Oh, it's beautiful. It's, it's, I uh, just listen to it. You should, because it's, um, let me quickly play it. Bit of uh, advertising for, but given that your daughter is called this, like whenever you're in trouble with her, you can just play this and say, hey, I heard the perfect song which sums up how wonderful you are. She's the best. It's beautiful. I want to be completely transparent because I like you, my guy. If I play her that song, she's going to say, Dad, you're funny old. You're, you're a fanny. Fanny, yeah, she was, you're a fanny hole. You know what? She's rough. She, Don't you, oh, you're a fanny hole. <laughs> Jesus. She's rough. Is tell you why? Because she's been heavily influenced by her grandma, yeah? My, my, wow. My, see, my mom. Nobody expects that sentence. <laughs> no, my dad's going to call me a fanny hole because she loves hanging out with Nana. <laughs> she's so, a, bro, like, this is a. So, oh, you fuck it, that went right. So you oh, you got so, me then. Sorry, but it's like, she's so, she's so... <laughs> you're good. Let's get my brother oh, some water. You got me. No, I'm all right. You're all right? Yeah, man. Some water. Fanny hole. So go on. Yeah, like, they're very powerful in my family, the women. Yes. It's so weighted the opposite of what people might assume. That there's me, yeah. three sons. Okay. Three nephews. Right. We ain't shit. Does she run the... The camp, or does your wife run the camp, or does my, obviously my missus is running that camp day to day? Yeah, but my sisters run their camps, and everyone defaults back to hijabi Darth Vader, which is my mum. Right. Okay. Yeah. She is she asthmatic or a little bit. Bastard! Bro, bro. Yeah. I'm going off tangent, but like, I'm no, just, I'm it, just imagining Bollywood Star Wars and. Do you get what I'm saying, bro? Yeah. Yes, the Wonder Box. So what was it? What's the next thing? The next Oh I'll show you this picture. So I, I wanna I wanna preface this by saying that if there's anything that I do take serious in this life, yeah. it is as much as I can making sure that my family and my friends are like as protected from what we do as possible. Right. And this is twofold. One is that when you when you still live in a place like we do, mm -hmm. it's very easy for everyone to ask you a thousand questions all the time. So my missus said to me when this first started, if this goes anywhere, don't get me involved, mate. Okay? You do your thing. Mm -hmm. We'll carry on cracking and have a really good family life. We'll do our thing. And so I, I think we've really managed to do that, right? Mm -hmm. And um 
when I was thinking about coming to church and what influenced me at that time, when you're going from like kid discovering who you are into who you are as a person. Cause I think, I don't really think I've changed much since I want to say like 16, 17, 18. I think I was really, like, I've pretty much cemented as, as who I was. Yeah? Right. I grew up with two of my cousins. One of my cousins nickname was Perez um, because for no good reason, he grew that. Oh, do you remember that? Do you remember that? Do, yeah. What the hell was it? We don't know. Mm -hmm. But he grew this and the girl them Skilachi loved it. They were like, oh my God, baby, you look at his face and that. And we were like, it's basically a little line of hair. But he, anyway, he was smashing. Handsome boy, very tall. Uh, my other cousin that we grew up with had many nicknames. He was called Flamberines. Flamberines. Flamberines? Yeah. He was called B. He was called Dopey. And what... <laughs> Dopey had... A neurological issue. <laughs> Listen, man had, a, oh, God. man had a neurological issue yeah. where his legs would just give up. Just, it would manifest his legs gave up, yeah? yeah? So for a long time, we get a big like, fight about to go down. Everyone's lined up, like everyone's Philly shell. And he'd step forward and then, <laughs> neurological, bow! Yeah. He's down, right? Yeah. Bro, so many fights stopped because it's like, how oh, you gonna put Flamberines is down? <laughs> <laughs> Some of my greatest chart. Like, when he was on, was he still like, was the top part? <laughs> yeah, the top part was still fighting. Yeah, bro. Yeah. I tell you, there's nothing. As soon as these start again, you're in real trouble. <laughs> bro, he, we, were, we went on log flume. Which is better than a diving board. It is true. He went on love flume. He was on there for four hours because he had a, he had a <laughs> neurological and he couldn't get out. And the person who was meant to get it, we've gone. We were on different rides now. Two hours in, we're like, what the fuck is Flamberines? And we looked up and he was going, ah! Oh! Uh, he just couldn't get he, he, no, no one gave a shit. They just left him on the love. They thought, maybe, maybe, maybe the people, maybe the people on the ride was like, this is what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. well, bro, this is 20 years ago, longer. They were just like, instead of figure out what's wrong with this young man. They just put him on. Just leave him. <laughs> leave him on. He was... Yeah. Long time, he was wet. He was, <laughs> he was soaking wet. I was just imagining then, can you imagine being behind Flamberines in the queue when we first had the COVID jabs? Like, like your, your brain would just be like, I know, no, they say it's all bollocks. Jesus Christ, that bloke's legs just went. He's, he's on the floor. He's got, and I say this now, and this is going to make you sad, I think, because he's no longer with us. Oh, no. And when I think about why I do this, yeah, like if he was here now and he could hear us talking about it, he would Love him. Okay, yeah. he was a he was a legend. I remember getting a phone call at three a.m. from another one of my cousins in Scotland. He goes, "You gotta pick up the phone." I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And I was like, "It's three a.m. Man, me." He's like, "It's Flamberines, bro. He's in bad trouble." I was like, "What happened?" Turns out, <laughs> Flamberines was in a police station in a blanket. And we got the police station right. They let the oh, police officers. I've never seen police officers so happy that someone had been arrested because. So what happened is, he was on the M6 between Birmingham and Coventry, Star right. City. Yeah. I know it. I know. He said, he said to the police that the heater matrix had gone. This can happen, right? Yeah. So everything, every window steamed in the car, in the polo. And he's 
crashed into the back of uh, not the police, but what do they call them on the motorway? Oh, uh, transport. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What they called? Crashed the back. Yeah. And when he got out of the car, he was completely naked. Right. <laughs> still to the day now when he was when he was passing away and we were, you know he was still cracking us up in them days we still don't know why that is who he was so we you know as weird as you thought I was with the sellotape yeah Flamborines was the leader of rogue renegade behaviours and the reason why I bring this up in terms of why it's important to me because my kids are very close to my nieces and nephews their cousins yeah? mm -hmm. and it's something that we as a family put so much effort in because we had so much like love mm. and craziness and fight and from being with our cousins. I think that's the thing that that's why I protect them so much. I don't want that to get spoiled. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, your your cousin's kid. Yeah. I just want them to enjoy all that. Like no one knew who the fuck we were. No one cared who we were. Yeah. We were able to have so much fun in and amongst each other and have these memories. And so like even periods now, when we when we shake our heads and think back, this just tip of the iceberg I could do a 10 hour special on this guy right yeah. it, the fact that he isn't here to see this I just imagine like did he, he ever get to see you never no oh, no, no, man. no no so so this happened before any of this started and he was such an icon in Hillfields in Coventry yeah. and our area that I just you know, everything happens for a reason. So I'm not looking at it like it's, oh, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. But if he was here and he was on his journey with me, bro, forget me. If I'd have turned the camera on him, he would have been a, like a star. He yeah. couldn't even, ha he couldn't help being the jelly-legged, yeah. big-headed guy that he was. And what happened to him, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, 26 years old he was. And I remember he turned up at my house and he knocked on the door. He goes, I'm not feeling good. And I was like, well, you were not feeling good. You Because you couldn't take flambering seriously. He goes, when I when I eat and drink, I feel sick. And we're like, how much weed have you been smoking? We told you to stop smoking all the weed. He's like, no, no, it's different. And I remember he took, I gave him a glass of water. He looked terrible. Mm. I gave him a glass of water. He drank it and he vomited it out. And mm. I was with my other cousin and we were like, you know just how quickly it happened? Yeah. That was really weird. And my cousin went with him in the ambulance that day. And that, the, the minute he got to the hospital, like, you've got stage four stomach cancer. Oh, my God. At 26. Oh, man. And so, but I tell you what's, I tell you what's crazy. I mean, it's a little bit tied into how, I suppose, we look at the world. It is sad. Watching one of your best mates, your brother, go through that is sad. But it's weird because... Once he'd accepted that this is a rap, mm -hmm. he loved every moment with the gang. Mm. I want to say sorry to Mike and Hospice. <laughs> Mike and Hospice should be a very calm place <laughs> where, where people are seeing out their final days yeah. with their loved ones. We fucked up that place, bro. <laughs> there was 1,200 brown people, 1 a.m., 4 a.m., 6 a.m., the, the nurses in the end were like, you lot are fucking crazy, but it's good to have this kind yeah, of energy. Yeah, yeah. And in those moments, like where everyone was like, dopes and flamboyants and this and that, he got like this, maybe I saw in those moments that respect that you always wanted. Because mm. people were coming to him in his final moments, in his final days of his, everybody from the ends, people were getting day release from prison saying, I've got to see, I've got to see Flamboyants, bro. He's, he's going, he's not going to be in this world much longer. And it was 
it was such an iconic thing to see that when he passed, it was me, Perez, my older cousin, and P and Flamberine's his dad was there. Mm. And when it happened, just us four there, and it happened, I was like, of course, in the context, it's incredibly sad. But like me and Perez looked at each other like, before he, he got what he always he got right. what he craved. Yeah, he got yeah. what he always wanted, which was instead of being the guy when we pulled up to have a fight whose legs would give way, he became the guy that people everybody came to see. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. It's a big thing. Like for us, I know different things mean different things to people, but when someone gets day released from prison to come and see, that's a big mm. it's a big deal. And these yeah. were big names in Cov. He was a very, you know, notorious guys who were coming to give him a kiss on the head and say, you know, that's that. And so and so for me, that's something I'd never shared before, but I thought I can't talk about like this box of wonders and the wonder of life without remembering him yeah. and remembering what our life was like with him and now how it's just a little bit well, it's, just, it's a lot more boring without him you know yeah I mean? fuck it's such, uh, such a beautiful story but also it's the it's the truth of death isn't it sometimes yeah. that it's that you you can't choose the memories that stay yeah and the memory isn't of flamborines kind of like led in bed it's him trying to start a fight and his legs give him away and it, and it brings it brings you a smile karmically wherever he is he's he's smiling if you want to believe in anything like that it has to mean it's that beautiful phrase no one dies until the memory does wow, yeah. and if you if you you're clearly never going to run out of stories and every story is a transport isn't it where you're there and yeah. you can see him. I felt like I was there. I was, you know, I was at the back. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? I, I, th yeah. I think it's really important, those things. There's, the, the, I feel, I, I don't know, I always think death, so weird. Death is such a weird creator of deep comedy. And I don't know yeah. why. Like, when my granddad died, um, my cousin Stu turned up to the funeral wearing a leather jacket. And I don't know why, but like full, like Hasselhoff, it just it, it everyone's shoulders you know that, that rolling, thing yeah, and then yeah. you're like oh man you know and then your mum's looking at you <laughs> and, and you're like and we were trying to we were carrying granddad and my brother was like all my brother said was nice jackets Joe and it was the tiniest little moment and we're all there just holding him and then when my nan died a year later the fucker rocks up wearing the same jacket and the whole church just went <laughs> But it was the correct thing for yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? Of course. That, that weirdly, I've never, and I bet you felt the same, when you were at Flambreen's funeral and I imagine the stories being told. Yeah. It's when you, I think it's in those moments of imperfection and stupidity and madness that you, you realise the privilege to belong to the blood you belong to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That you just oh. go, this is, my, this is my blood. I am every one of you maniacs. Yeah. And oddly, we get to... And represent is such a fucking wanky word, but there's a truth to representing the genuine deep comedy that exists in those realms. Fuck me, what a story, man. That was incredible. Um, Jesus. We, we ran the gamut there, man. You started by pissing into a VHR, <laughs> and at the end of it, you told one of the most genuine stories about brotherhood I've ever heard. I thought you were going to piss on him at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I thought, I thought, please, please don't let this be the end. Please. Like, do you know what I mean? But, um, my God. Thank you, bro. That was fucking wonderful. Thank you so much, man. Bro, listen, I just love, I love being in your presence and I know everyone's busy, but 
Your energies are wonderful, bro. Thank, Thank you, man. The wonderful Gaz Khan, ladies and gentlemen. So that was Gaz Khan's Wonderbox. Gaz is touring his live show around the UK right now. You can find out when he's near you and get tickets by going to gazkhanlive.co.uk. Thanks for listening. See you next week for another Wonderbox. Box.